0: Section thirty nine of the Ontario Reader's Fourth Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rosalind Walsh, Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. The Ontario Reader's Fourth Book by Various. Section thirty nine. Moses bargains my second boy moses whom i designed for business says the vicar received a sort of miscellaneous education at home as we were now to hold up our heads a little higher in the world it would be proper to sell the colt which was grown old at a neighbouring fair and buy us a horse that would carry single or double upon an occasion and make a pretty appearance at church or upon a visit this at first i opposed stoutly but it was as stoutly defended. However, as I weakened, my antagonist gained strength, till at last it was resolved to part with him. As the fair happened on the following day, I had intentions of going myself, but my wife persuaded me that I had got a cold, and nothing could prevail upon her to permit me from home. "'No, my dear,' said she, "'our son Moses is a discreet boy, and can buy and sell to very good advantage. You know all our great bargains are of his purchasing. He always stands out and higgles, and actually tires them till he gets a bargain. As I had some opinion of my son's prudence, I was willing enough to entrust him with this commission, and the next morning I perceived his sisters mighty busy in fitting out Moses for the fair, trimming his hair, brushing his buckles, and cocking his hat with pins. The business of the toilet being over, we had at last the satisfaction of seeing him mounted upon the colt, with a deal-box before him, to bring home groceries in. He had on a coat made of that cloth they call thunder and lightning, which, though grown too short, was much too good to be thrown away. His waistcoat was of gosling green— and his sisters had tied his hair with a broad black ribbon. We all followed him several paces from the door, bawling after him. Good luck, good luck, till we could see him no longer. As night came on I began to wonder what could keep our son so long at the fair. Never mind our son, cried my wife, depend upon it. He knows what he is about. I'll warrant we'll never see him sell his hen of a rainy day. I have seen him buy such bargains as would amaze one. I'll tell you a good story about that, that will make you split your sides with laughing. But as I live yonder comes Moses without a horse and the box at his back. As she spoke Moses came slowly on foot and sweating under the deal-box, which he had strapped round his shoulders like a peddler. "'Welcome, welcome, Moses. Well, my boy, what have you brought us from the fair?' I have brought you myself, cried Moses, with a sly look, and resting the box on the dresser. Ah, Moses, cried my wife, that we know, but where is the horse? I have sold him, cried Moses, for three pounds, five shillings, and two pence. Well done, my good boy, returned she. I knew you would touch them off. Between ourselves, three pounds, five shillings, and twopence is no bad day's work. Come, let us have it then i have brought back no money cried moses again i have laid it all out in a bargain and here it is pulling out a bundle from his breast here they are a gross of green spectacles with silver rims and shagreen cases a gross of green spectacles repeated my wife in a faint voice and you have parted with the colt and brought us back nothing but a gross of green paltry spectacles dear mother cried the boy why won't you listen to reason? I had them a dead bargain, or I should not have bought them. The silver rims will sell for double the money. A fig for the silver rims, cried my wife in a passion. I dare swear they won't sell for above half the money at the rate of broken silver, five shillings an ounce. You need be under no uneasiness, cried I, about selling the rims, for they are not worth sixpence. For I perceive they are only copper varnished over.' "'What?' cried my wife, "'not silver, the rims not silver?' "'No,' cried I, "'no more silver than your saucepan.' "'And so,' returned she, "'we have parted with the colt, and have only got a gross of green spectacles, with copper rims and shea-green cases. A murrain take such trumpery. The blockhead has been imposed upon, and should have known his company better.' there my dear cried i you are wrong he should not have known them at all mary hang the idiot returned she to bring me such stuff if i had them i would throw them into the fire there again you are wrong my dear cried i for though they be copper we will keep them by us as copper spectacles you know are better than nothing by this time the unfortunate moses was undeceived he now saw that he had been imposed upon by a prowling sharper who observing his figure had marked him for an easy prey i therefore asked the circumstances of his deception he sold the horse it seems and walked the fair in search of another a reverend looking man brought him to a tent under pretense of having one to sell here continued moses we met another man very well dressed who desired to borrow twenty pounds upon these, saying that he wanted money, and would dispose of them for a third of the value. The first gentleman, who pretended to be my friend, whispered me to buy them, and cautioned me not to let so good an offer pass. I sent for Mr. Flamborough, and they talked him up as finely as they did me, and so at last we were persuaded to buy the two gross between us. Goldsmith, the Vicar of Wakefield. End of section 39